Citizens of Hawkins, grab your belongings and get the hell out of Dodge because it's time to go into the Upside Down. What's going on, Demo Dudes and Demo Dudettes? Welcome back into the Upside Down, the bi-weekly Stranger Things podcast where we talk everything Stranger Things. I'm Damien, and with me today is my co-host, the guy who thinks Jason is half the man he used to be, the great Scott. <laughs> Ahoy, folks. <laughs> Jason is not having a good day. <laughs> oh, man. It seems like a lot of people in Hawkins are not going to have a good day very soon in season five. But guys, how freaking epic was volume two? Four hours of just nonstop heart racing action drama tears i laughed i cried i can't stop thinking about eddie's death and just some of the crazy stuff that we saw it was so well done by far the biggest in terms of scale and just everything Uh, season four was amazing volume two to me definitely did not disappoint scott what did you think it was so intense from the very beginning the gas pedal was all the way down to the floor from the beginning of episode eight until the end of the finale. Man, I was just completely blown away and I can't wait to discuss more with you here on the podcast. Yeah, we're discussing a ton of stuff today, guys. We're gonna go deep dive into volume two. I'm so excited. I've been jotting down notes for days trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about and what we're gonna talk about here on the pod. But guys, before we get started with all that stuff, Just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who supported the pod, everyone who's given us a five-star review, whether it be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, everyone who has followed us on TikTok and Instagram at Into the Upside Down Pod, everyone that's followed us over on Twitter at Into underscore Upside Down. We've had a blast so far. I got the Twitter name right. (laughs) We're going to keep rolling uh, at well after and well into season five of Stranger Things, but Just real quick, wanted to say thank you guys because it's been an absolutely fun ride for season four, and I just am shook. He's shook. We're all shook. We're all with you, man. (laughs) So we've had a couple days to process volume two of season four, and it was just wild. I mean, four hours like flew by incredibly fast. So much stuff to talk about, and we're going to be doing that for you guys today on today's episode. So. Real quick one rundown of our show today. We're going to be doing our overall impressions, talk about some of our predictions that we had for volume two, our top moments, our saddest moment, our funniest moment, our favorite song out of all season four of Stranger Things, our guilty pleasure song that we would use to escape from Vecna's grasp. Some real quick, very early season five predictions and then some rapid fire questions. And we will uh, we'll go from there. And if we have a little bit more time. We do have a couple of listeners that gave us Uh, their thoughts on volume two and season four as a whole. So, uh, you know, we'll get to those a little bit later too, but uh, I mean, right off the top, man, overall impressions, kick it off, Scott. Like, what did you think? Most metal ever. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Damien. I mean, volume two, I think had so many amazing moments as you would agree, but it just made me go through so many different feelings like I was anxious and then excited and then happy and then it made me nervous again and then just completely devastated at the end Um, and that roller coaster of emotions I think you know we all felt but 
the, just the, the action was off the charts. Like they jumped right into it. The beginning of chapter eight, they didn't waste any time. And it was just intense for four straight hours. And then also mixed in, there were so many funny moments. Mm-hmm. And then of course, so many gut punches towards the end and heartbreaking scenes. I, I think when it was over, I had to sit on the couch for a few hours and just decompress. <laughs> uh, but after I watched it a second time, and then a third time, I just really loved it. And it was probably my, my favorite finale of, of all four seasons. It it was nuts. It was absolutely ominous. The ending was just completely like, what do they do now? Where, how do they do this? And we know there's going to be a time jump of some sort to catch up with the ages of the actors in, in season five. But I mean, we got to stick around in like Hawkins right now just to see the upside down kind of play out and how people react to it before we get into that time jump. And it's wild. I mean, I just, everything, it had the humor. Like you said, there was tons of action. There was tons of drama, tons of suspense, just a crazy jaw dropping ending. And it was wild from start to finish. There was really no chance to catch your breath. It was just boom, 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 coming it right at you. And it was great. I honestly loved it. Uh, I know that it's kind of been, a little bit polarizing with for some aspects of the story. Some people have their critiques and I, you know, I do have a critique as well. Um, just for me, I, I really wanted to see the witch hunt. I really wanted to see more of the people of Hawkins with pitchforks, whatever, chasing after the hellfire club members. And it probably would have not paid off or been that great anyway. Uh, but I did think that we were getting that cause they kind of teased it, but Aside from that, I mean, everything was great. The acting was top notch from top to bottom. Every single person was amazing. And now we have to wait till what, 2024, I think, to get the finale of season or of season five of Stranger Things, which is okay. I'll take two years instead of three, but, you know, hopefully no pandemic or any kind of weird thing uh, interrupts and delays that, but it was awesome. Definitely. I I know two years is a long time, but uh, plenty of time for extra episodes of the podcast. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I am sad we, we missed that witch hunt. Um, it would have been nice to see our, our friend Grant Goodman one more time making a hilarious facial reaction to something going on in, in the town of Hawkins. But uh, that's okay. Maybe we'll save it for season season five. I, yeah, I mean, well, everyone pretty much at this point just assumes Eddie's dead. So I guess like they just kind of dropped it now because they had this massive earthquake, quote unquote. And then also... Now you have the upside down bleeding into their world. And I think there's just going to be a lot of casualties next season. (laughs) And I don't like to say that. I hate when characters die because we get so attached to them. But there's going to be some carnage for sure next season. (laughs) We had a body count in season three. We definitely had a body count in season four. Woo! I don't know what's coming in season five, (laughs) my friend. So uh, going back to predictions and stuff that we talked about you know, heading into volume two, uh, the one that I got right, and I can't believe how right I got it, uh, was the death of Eddie and the passing of the torch to Dustin to be the leader, the dungeon master of the Hellfire Club. And, you know, just like I kind of theorized, there was no way for him to ever come back to normal life. There's no way, because everyone's going to keep assuming, even if even if they saw Vecna, they might think like, oh, Eddie conjured this creature up with, you know, devil practices and worship. So there was never really a way for him out. And I think that, you know, his whole story arc was awesome uh, from just how he grew throughout the course of one season, 
how much we learn about him, how much we get attached to him. Of course, the Duffers make us fall in love with the character and then they take him away from us. And I was just really shocked that I got the Dustin part of that right because I did have a feeling anytime we get a new character, they usually get offed. But uh, for, you know, Dustin to take up the mantle of the dungeon master is pretty interesting. And, you know, I don't know how many more campaigns are going to be doing now that the upside down is bleeding into Hawkins, but you know, we'll see. Um, but that was something I got right. And then Scott, you had a couple of predictions too, um, that I really liked and could still potentially happen down the road. Uh, especially the one you had about Henry being Eleven's dad. Yeah. I, I threw out about 37 different theories about uh, father's, <laughs> for the episode <laughs> titled Papa. And I think about zero of them came to fruition, but <laughs> I still think that one is Eleven's father and maybe will be revealed next season. And it could really be a big storyline when Elle is battling him throughout, you know, eight or nine episodes of the next season. But I do want to say to touch on what you just mentioned, my dude, you absolutely <laughs> nailed it. All of our listeners know it. I know it. You. Your theory was 100% correct from start to finish. The Duffer brothers confirmed it. This guy, ladies and gentlemen, is an absolute legend of Hawkins. I think we should give him a little bit of applause here. Come on. He should be hoisted on our shoulders. He's a great patriot. <laughs> Just like Ted Wheeler. I'm a great patriot. Yeah, that was a good one, man. I mean, I, I hated that I was right about it, but it still was a very satisfying ending for Eddie. And you know, we'll get into that stuff with uh, top moments and I'll let you kick it off with a couple top moments that you had from, I guess we could keep it to volume two since we already did our top moments for from volume one. So top moments, volume two, what do you got? My first top moment of the season was 11 bringing down the helicopter yeah. at, at the silo base. I mean, without a doubt, I was like, okay, 11's powers are back and in the most badass 11 way possible. And I just love that the pizza van provided the distraction to give her those few extra seconds <laughs> to, to get away from, from the sniper. I love that when the sniper was looking for her, like the distraction happens. And when the scope is looking around, it comes back to where Eleven was and she's magically gone. Like they, after two or three episodes of them trying to find Elle, they got there at the exact perfect time that they needed to, to save her life. Yep. And she's gone. All you see is Brenner. And when the sniper goes to find her again, the second she's in the crosshairs, bam, you know, she's standing there with her hand up in the air. Just so awesome that she brought down a helicopter, like manipulated in the air, spun it around a few times and just dropped it like in a full rage, screaming as loud as she could. It was, it was so cool. crazy, man. They they dialed up her powers big time and, and they really had to for her to match up against Vecna because he's crazy powerful and you know, you can't just have it be one sided. And, um, and I was really surprised. I liked for me, one of my top moments was uh, the whole snowball or um, the, the whole battle at the school dance between Vecna and L and just like how she tossed him around easily, like throwing him into the bleachers and he just comes crashing down, stopping him midair. It was just really tense, really well done. And kind of like an appetizer for what I think we're going to get in season five, because I think that was very entertaining. This is going to be dialed up to 11 uh, for season five, and I can't wait. So that was that was one of my tops. Uh, what else you got? That was awesome, too. I love the callback to the snowball and like what an awesome place to have a battle, like in the middle of a middle school dance like auditorium. It's so cool. Uh, my second top moment 
was similar to what you just said was another showdown um, later in the episode was the combination of the hopper sword fight with the Demogorgon at the same time matched up with phase four flambe. <laughs> I was just so epic, man. They brought back running up that hill again, the songs blaring, the gangs all fighting the upside down from all over the world. I just absolutely loved it with, with Hopper using the sword. I mean, we've never seen really a human take down a Demogorgon. So, I mean, that's happening simultaneously as they're throwing Molotov cocktails at Vecna, who's like completely engulfed in flames and just walking <laughs> towards them as Nancy's blasting them with the sawed off shotgun. Um, I just, man, I, I don't know how much more intense you can get, but I think I was ready for a full pack of cigarettes after that one. And I don't even smoke. <laughs> that was a huge like hero comeback moment. Hopper with like that very slow motion slide, slicing the arm of the Demogorgon, then the head. And that was pretty cool because it seemed like almost any weapon except for fire, like would never work on a Demogorgon. And then here Hop is with this sword, bam, like just completely takes out the Demogorgon. And we're going to need a lot of that going into season five for sure. Um, another top for me was the character arc of Eddie Munson. So he starts off as, you know, a confident guy. And, you know, he's saying, I'm finally going to graduate 86, baby. He's just so hyped up. He's wrong place, wrong time, gets swept up into all this mess with Vecna and the teenage murders going around Hawkins. Uh, obviously, his uncle from the start never believed it. Dustin from the start never believed it. And then eventually, for a character that runs from all of his problems in life, finally doesn't run, becomes a hero dies a hero and it was just uh, so emotional his death scene was just so emotional i think that they both acted their asses off it was so good and it just really like ripped at your heart and then of course the exchange between dustin and mr munson was just heart-wrenching as well because you know dustin was pouring out his heart about how great eddie was and how everyone would love eddie if they got to know eddie and that was uh, definitely just Eddie Munson top moment. It's amazing how it came full circle, like you said. I mean, he, he started with the Cult of Vecna campaign and then, you know, watching Chrissy dying and running away. And then it just comes completely full circle where, you know, he ends up dying from the demo bats, which are under Vecna's control, you know, and, and but didn't run away. Like he, he, he helped the gang out and really brought it all back together there at the end. And you could just tell Dustin was so devastated, man. I mean, we, we were all devastated. Everybody was devastated. And hopefully the town of Hawkins, I, I hope, realizes one day that, that he was a hero and, and died helping the town and, and you know, wasn't really uh, involved in all this uh, witchcraft and devilry, whatever it's called. Any other tops for you? Yes. My, uh, my final top moment was... The, the ending scene of the season, the final ending moment from episode nine. Um, I just love that we have a nice reunion. Elle and Hopper get together finally. Hopper walks in. It's such an awesome, touching moment. The gang's all back together. And then Will's goosebumps happen. And then you hear the Stranger Things theme, which was kind of a really cool remix, mm -hmm. um, just starts playing. And then it just slowly builds from there. The dark cloud rolls in. The upside down spores start falling. The field is turning brown and the flower in Elle's hand is dying. And then once you finally see that shot of the town just burning down and the red lightning and everything coming up from the ground, 
I, I had chills watching that. And, and after so many emotional scenes that we had just seen of Max and Eddie, um, this moment just really set the stage for season five. I think and then you see the look on everyone's face and they're, they all look nervous, but they're all like, okay, like we're all on the same page. We all have this same mission to accomplish. We need to kill Vecna at all costs next season. It was such a cool way to end the season. Yeah, for sure, man. That, that was, that was my final top as well. Just, <laughs> just the, the whole cliffhanger ending. Like it was just wild because for so long, only a handful of people have known about the upside down and now all of Hawkins is going to discover and, and hopefully escape uh, from Hawkins before, you know, we have whatever demo bats, demo dogs, demo gorgons, like running around. So it's going to be crazy, but just to leave us with that. And now we have to just think about that for two years until season five comes out is going to be wild. And there's just so many people that don't know the gravity of the upside down and how serious and deadly it can be. And people are going to find out real quick. So it's, it's going to be wild. And that was, that was my last top as well. So um, let's move into, so these are a couple new ones that we're going to do here. So we'll go, we'll go saddest moment first. And then funniest moment second. And uh, I'll kick this one off. So I did mention it previously with one of my tops, but saddest moment was Mr. Munson and Dustin talking to one another and, you know, Dustin handing him the guitar pick necklace and telling him how good of a person Eddie was and how the saddest part is he died a hero and no one will ever know it. Now that could change in season five, given that the upside down is bleeding into the world now, but it was just so tragic that he just like Dustin said, died defending a town that hated him. Like he sacrificed his life for the people of Hawkins. Whereas if they got their hands on him, they would have sacrificed him. And it's just so tragic, so heartbreaking. So that for me was my saddest moment in season or season four, volume two. My God, it kind of reminds me of um, the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, it's exactly how it ended. Like, Batman died a hero, and the town of Gotham never knew that he was the one that saved everyone. Like, they all thought that he was almost like a villain. Yep. And let's just remind everyone that Dr. Brenner was in that movie and was, <laughs> hey, like, he's a hero. Come on. No, but it's such a great call, man. Uh, that was such an awesome scene. And I'm glad they gave Dustin that, you know, responsibility of, like, kind of <laughs> wrapping that up by sharing that moment with, with uh, Eddie's uncle, because everyone else was out to like hunt this guy down. And Dustin was one of the only ones along with the uncle to, to believe in, in Eddie. So it was really cool that they had that touching moment to, to end yep. the season. For sure. Yeah. What for, was yours? For my uh, saddest moment, I'm going to go with uh, Max's almost death scene with Lucas. Um, my that was God, heavy. goodness gracious. That is heavy. Whew. Um, <laughs> I mean, the acting was just off the charts. I mean, Caleb McLaughlin's always good, but you could just feel like how devastated he was just 100%. trying for anyone to help him, like screaming out to Erica, like, Erica, help me, please. And then you just see like him crying his eyes out. And then they, they cut to the scene of the void and there's 11 right next to them, just bawling her eyes out too. I mean, not only is it sad enough that Max is dying, but those other two were just completely devastated at the same time probably more than anyone else we've seen in the show. Um, and just to, like how she was saying, I can't see and I can't feel anything and how scared she was in that moment before she, you know, dies. And then, you know, obviously it comes back, but 
just crazy. I, that was so tense just seeing her bones snap i'm like oh no he's gonna do it like he's got her and then she comes back and but it it was just so sad and that um that line of caleb calling out for erica was actually improvised which was really cool and just like in eddie's death scene when he says i love you man that was completely improvised too so two very emotional two very sad scenes completely there's my dog uh completely improvised which is just yeah crazy you know with max like she's always i've never seen max have like a fear in her life like she's always 100 on she's never scared and for that one final moment she was like finally opening up a little bit and just saying how scared she was it was kind of so sad to see that happen yeah she's been tortured like literally this season just nothing but torture for her like vecna targets her comes after her she escapes she still knows that like he's she's on his radar and then he finally gets a hold of her almost completes the job and now she's in a coma which is just kind of crazy so she's if anyone deserves like a vacation it is it is max right now because she really went through it this season I hope I hope it's a miracle. I hope she comes back. Maybe she goes to Disney World in season five with all of her casts on in a wheelchair, jumps straight to the front of the line, comes back refreshed, ready to fight Vecna season five. All right. So let's let's lighten the mood here a little bit and talk uh, funniest moments. So um, I ha- I'm kind of tied for one. Um, my first one is and it's going to sound morbid, but the death of Jason <laughs> and how it was just like nonchalant oh yeah he's melted in half see you later bye and that's it i thought it was gonna be some kind of elaborate thing he just instead gets knocked out by lucas the earthquake quote unquote happens and it just completely cuts right through him, and that's it it was just <laughs> crazy that it was it was so like blink and you miss it for him because i really thought that he was gonna have like a horrible death because just because of how much of a jerk he was Mm-hmm. And how much stuff he was stirring up throughout the course of season four. But there was that. And then uh, my more lighthearted one was when uh, the gang's coming up with a plan. And Eddie asks Max if she has a bandana or any kind of thing that he could disguise himself with. And the next shot we see is the Michael Myers mask <laughs> as he peeks <laughs> out from behind the trailer. And obviously, really cool callback to season two when we see her on Halloween night dressed up as Michael Myers, and even a little bit of a callback to uh, the conversation between Nancy and Mr. Munson talking about Michael Myers and everything else. But to see him just walking around a trailer park with a Michael Myers mask was just so <laughs> hilarious. I loved it. He just peeks around the corner of the RV, and it's just like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> then you realize like oh my god when he asked for something to hide himself like max still has her halloween mask like how (laughs) awesome is that i don't know why like i wrote that down as one of my favorites too like i don't know why that was so funny but just seeing him leading all the kids in a michael myers mask was hilarious and and you know you want to talk about like disguising yourself if anything that makes you stick out more (laughs) because we're talking not even halloween (laughs) broad daylight yeah, just a man with a, a completely white <laughs> face, like a ghost face with no expressions whatsoever, with a wig on, just walking through the middle of a trailer park. Yeah, no one will notice that. So, yeah, funny moments. Um, 
Yeah, what else did you have for any other funny moments? Yeah, one of my favorites, I mean, be, besides all the interactions with Yuri and Murray were so funny and the Kachinka stuff. Murray is hilarious, but I don't know why Yuri cracks me up so much <laughs> with all of his wheezing and funny lines that he throws around, but he's hilarious. One of my favorites, uh, I think one of the funnier lines I thought was uh, when they're finally in surfer board pizza in Nevada and Mike's trying to talk to Will about their feelings and all of a sudden here comes Argyle dropping a fresh pie down in front of them and 11 tries it as mike's disgusted and 11's just like hey like this is actually pretty good and mike's like no no like i don't want to try it and 11 <laughs> throws out the try before you deny yeah <laughs> uh, argyle fit in seamlessly uh this season with with the characters like he was he didn't ask any questions he just went about whatever they were doing he's like sure i'm in <laughs> which is just it was crazy how well he accepted the fact that they're trying to basically save the world from these monsters and that L has superpowers and he's just like, yeah, cool. All right, well, let's go. Yeah. We need to use your pizza freezer, dude. Sorry. It's just, he just blended in so well with the cast and I can't wait to see what he does next season. I still think he's going to be kind of aloof and kind of lighthearted, which is definitely going to be needed because there is going to be so much drama from what I can predict or guess for season five. I was so nervous about losing Murray. Thank God we'll have his uh, comedic chops in season five. Thank God Argyle's still around. I think maybe while they're fighting Vecna, he may be still picking uh, mushrooms in the middle of the field, but that's okay. I mean, he's there just to keep things light. Yeah. And then, so we can get into favorite songs here. One thing that Stranger Things always excels at and does so well is the song selection and the choices of songs Season four, because of how long it was, there was more opportunity to throw more songs in there. And there were a lot of really good ones. So, Scott, I'm going to ask you, favorite song from volume two? I'm going to be a wacko, and I'm not going to pick one of the popular songs, but actually just the remix of the Stranger Things theme song, the, the ending nice. song from the season. Um, I, I, I think I picked uh, the Stranger Things theme song as my favorite uh, when we did trivia last week. Mm -hmm. um, but this remix was just on a whole nother level. So there is one word to describe it. Schmackin. <laughs> it, it really slaps. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good choice. That's definitely like a uh, not a running up that hill choice. Um, so for me, I'm going for an obvious one uh, just because. It was epic. It was really, really cool. And ever since we saw the trailer, we were trying to figure out what was being played on Eddie's guitar in the Upside Down. And I want to pick uh, Napster's favorite band, Metallica, Master of Puppets. Was absolutely awesome. And, you know, there was really, when you think about the character of Eddie, there is no more perfect song than that. And you know, maybe even foreshadowing some stuff with Vecna being the master of puppets. He has all these bodies and Demogorgons, like he's the master, you know, as we come to learn of the upside down. So I thought it kind of had a dual meaning there, which was really neat. Uh, and just seeing Eddie Shred on there was awesome. And obviously Dustin was loving it as well. And it was cool to even see Metallica give them a big shout out. Like Metallica's, you know, they're still a big deal. They're still a massive, massive, and massively popular rock band. Uh, but for them to let the Duffers use Master of Puppets was pretty cool. And they even said in their post on Instagram that 
some fans were able to actually tell who's going to be master of puppets just based off of Eddie's finger placement on the guitar, which is awesome. I can't believe people are that equal-eyed that they could figure that out. Definitely not me. So master of puppets, that is it. Dude, how great was that scene? It's blowing up everywhere. I, and my favorite part, which I know you love, is the second after he says, which was an amazing moment when he says, Chrissy, this is for you. The next thing he does is just scream. Like the first time he just goes, ah, As he starts the song off. You gotta get, he had to get himself hyped up there. <laughs> right before he starts uh, smacking the guitar, he just <laughs> lets out a nice big yell, gets fired up for the rest of the song. I, yeah, that was just a absolutely awesome moment. And just the whole montage of, of them getting into the house and the plan coming to fruition to attack Vecna uh, all during that was cool. But um, let's move into this is a little bit more fun since there was so much drama and tension and tears shed on my behalf uh, during volume two. Uh, so we talked, you know, a while ago about serious song, like a serious favorite song that would save us from Vecna. Uh, but now, Scott, I ask you, what is a guilty pleasure song that you would use to escape from Vecna? <laughs> my guilty pleasure song is an absolute banger by the legend Lionel Richie. And it's titled <laughs> Dancing on the Ceiling. <laughs> and I don't know why it just makes me feel good. Makes me want to get up, you know, move around a little bit, snap my fingers like a generic white dude dancing. Um, but also... Uh, it has awesome lyrics in it, too. If you really think about it, I, I honestly think this could be a prediction for season five. But in the song, they're like, you know, let's turn upside down. Mm. And the whole music video is like them dancing on the ceiling. There's so many upside down references. So hopefully it will be used in season five. But definitely a guilty pleasure. And I did play it on Touch Tunes recently at a local Irish pub establishment in Philadelphia called McGillan's. Yeah. <laughs> it did take uh, seven credits to play, but I didn't I didn't even waste any time. I just pressed play. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So uh, my Guilty Pleasure song, and it's, it, it's a very recent song that just came from an interview that then blew up on TikTok. <laughs> and it I've listened to it I can't even tell you how many times it's just so catchy uh jiggle jiggle my money don't jiggle jiggle it falls I like to see you wiggle wiggle <laughs> you love that song I love this song and I uh I, I just thought about the absurdity of that song playing and the portal opening <laughs> and it's just just a British guy that like did an interview and got it got remixed and then boom. And I just think it would be so out of place with escaping from Vecna that it made me like laugh hysterically. So uh yep, my money don't jiggle jiggle. That's mine. <laughs> if we could just go back in time and have it come out in the eighties, it would definitely be in season five. <laughs> Maybe if they do a time jump to 2023. Oh, <laughs> We'll have uh, Mike and L's kids doing TikToks. <laughs> if only we could reach 88 miles per hour. <laughs> All right. That was that was fun. You you definitely had a better song choice than me. I definitely went the uh, the knucklehead route on that one for sure. The chucklehead route. Um, all right. So we we had that ending. We we talked about some of our overall top moments, our saddest moments, all this good stuff. So I have a couple, and I know you have a couple, real early season five predictions. Um, I'll start, 
Uh, I'm just going to rattle them off. So um, I think Hawkins is going to turn into Chernobyl. I did think that was going to happen in Russia. And it's entirely possible that it, that it could still happen because I don't think the Russians are going away. They obviously had a way to capture all these creatures from the upside down. So I think that, you know, maybe Hawkins and, uh, you know, that, you know, Kamachka or, you know, Chernobyl happens and we just have pretty much just like desolation, nothingness. The whole entire town's going to flee Hawkins as soon as they can. And we're going to have kind of just like a quiet, like almost silent hill type city of Hawkins or town of Hawkins now. Uh, number one or number two, massive body count. I think that by the time people are trying to get out of Hawkins, it's going to be too late. We already saw that huge parade of cars that was headed the opposite direction of the surfer boy pizza van. So I think there's going to be a lot of casualties in season five and it's just going to be chaos. People don't understand these creatures and, and boom, before they realize what to do or how to get away, it's too late. They're gone. So we had a body count, like you said, in season three and in the finale of season four, but I definitely think it's going to be dialed up even more for season five. Uh, two more here. So one of them is Vecna takes over Max's body. Whoa. So I think, <laughs> I think she is going to be in that coma, but like somehow he gets into her head and takes over her body. And everyone thinks that Max is back, but maybe he's infiltrating from that side of things. And um, just given everything that's happened to Max, I wouldn't put it past the Duffers to do that to her and have her become possessed or like a vessel for Vecna. Um, and then my last one here, and this is going to be probably a little controversial uh, because people did it with Billy. They were like, oh, Billy's coming back. Billy's Vecna. Billy's going to resurrect. And, all you know, we got flashbacks and, and like a you know dream sequence of billy basically um i think that eddie will come back in season five but not alive so this is going into dungeons and dragons lore so in DD, vecna had a right hand man and his name was kaz the bloody hand or the bloody handed so kaz the bloody handed and basically kaz was like a vampire and eventually um, wields this magical sword and betrays Vecna. And given the fact that there is no possible way that they would have brought Eddie's body back from the upside down into Hawkins, Vecna might just take Eddie's body and then make, you know, resurrect it, do what he needs to do. Like I think he's going to do with Chrissy and Patrick and um, our boy Fred. So I think that that could possibly happen. And maybe even Eddie has like another hero moment um, being possessed because Obviously, at the end of the day, Vecna needs an army. And I think that's what he was working towards building, just capturing these kids. And then either like we talked about earlier, put and turn them into Demogorgons, whatever the case may be, because uh, I don't know how many Demogorgons or Demo dogs there are at his dispense. So, I, you know, that, that's kind of an interesting one I thought of. And also um, with Kaz, the bloody handed, he was, like I said, a vampire character in Eddie obviously died at the hands of demo bats so you get bit by a bat you become a vampire and i mean i would really like to see that and um you know joseph quinn even said he would love to come back and you know maybe it is something where eddie just exists in dustin's imagination kind of like speaks to him that way or he comes back resurrected as a member of vecna's army and maybe has another hero moment or something but um, yeah, I do think, you know, just given how popular Eddie is with the fan base right now, 
they have plenty of time to figure out something that would make sense, whether it's supernatural or a figment of Dustin's imagination, something like that. So I, I think we will see Eddie um, and possibly even just flashbacks. Ooh, my dude, I would, <laughs> that is something, man. And that is, this guy went deep into the D and D lore. I would love to see something like that. I mean, it's a shame Eddie did pass away, but um, I, I'm definitely hoping we see him in season five. I mean, we saw Billy, right. We've seen Barb a couple of times, even if it's just, you know, a tentacle going down her throat and she's lying there passed on, but Hey man, <laughs> we got to see him in some form or fashion, right? Gotta be. I, I think so. And, and, you know, it's not going to be, Oh, he comes back to life. Like you saw him die. Like we saw him die. He took his last breath. Like as a human, he's not coming back, but as a memory, definitely a possibility. Man. I just hope him and uh, Chrissy go on a date in the upside down um, <laughs> as Vecna like lays out a nice blanket and, and like a picnic basket for them and lights a candle. Oh wait, he doesn't like fire. <laughs> yeah. He definitely doesn't like fire. Holy crap. Talk about being woken up from like a dream. He was like, he was like deep sleeping. And that's, that's like the ultimate wake up call right there. It's a Molotov cocktail. Come on, have a drink. Come on. (laughs) I guess you could say he was Vextra crispy. I love that. He's just like dangling there, like going through his little dream sequence and then wakes up with a a bottle smashing and igniting them in in flames. It is pretty crazy that he didn't think to have like, I guess maybe the demo bats like that, that they really were like his only line of defense. And he didn't, obviously he's like, you know, fighting L and stuff. So he had no idea what was going on, but it was just crazy how like he didn't have anything else to protect himself when he's, you know, in his dream space. So that was, that was pretty surprising, um, which is good though, because like, you can't make him unbeatable. Totally. So, you know, the fact that they showed that he does have weaknesses and, and that they can get to him is definitely going to bode well in season five for them. I thought it was so funny that he's like, he said to 11, like, don't you realize I know what all of you and your friends are doing? And I'm like, well, are you sure? Because someone just threw a Molotov cocktail at you and now you're burning in flames <laughs> and got shot through a window. So I'm not sure you know exactly what's going on 100%. <laughs> um, and then a real quick uh, season five prediction or, or kind of question that uh, one of our listeners, Hellfire Club member Ryan wanted to know is, um, you know, when did the world that Vecna explores start? And did Eleven like, you know, somehow create the upside down? And why did the time stop on the day that Will got abducted in 1983. So he's not, it just kind of questions, not really predictions, but um, he's definitely fascinated about the world that Vecna explores. And that was really an interesting scene too, to see him just kind of walking around looking. And then you see like the mind flare and you see him drawing the mind flare, which is really, really cool. Um, so yeah, there was, there was like just a couple of little observations and questions that uh, Ryan wants to see be answered in season five because we didn't get that much upside down lore we got some but the duffers did say they were going to dive deep into it in season five so i'm expecting a lot of stuff to get answered i think there's still going to be some mysteries behind it but you know at the end of the day i think we're going to have a really good understanding of what the upside down is yes i totally agree and and to uh touch on demo dude ryan's thought here <laughs> i actually do have a theory um was this eye on ryan or it was yeah yeah Oh, I on Ryan. He, he was texting me on the side and he, he was, as soon as he finished, he was 
like texting me and we're just going, we went back and forth for like hours about like what questions we had, like what we thought. And yeah, it was, it was good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'd love to share. Uh, this was actually one of my predictions for season five. Um, I, I'd love to do an early uh, prediction for, for why the upside down's frozen on November 6th, 1983. Okay. So the Duffer said they laid out everything, um, but it's probably someone on Reddit would be able to solve it. But right. here's kind of my take. A lot of people were like, oh, well, that's the day Will went missing. It's got to be something with Will. But my thought was it's all about 11. So when one got thrown into the upside down, basically he was like, this is my chance to create the world that I always wanted. Right. So he he kind of molded the mind flare into a spider. He took over kind of the hive mind of all the demogorgons and, and everything in the upside down. And he was creating that world um, in the upside down. But I think the second that 11 opened the gate and connected the two worlds, I think Vecna stopped everything he was doing. He stopped that world he was creating in the upside down and immediately put all of his focus into getting into our world, getting back to our world and taking over our world. So that's my prediction. I think it's a good one, dude. That's really good. I think that maybe that, that when the second that gate opened, he, it time froze because he just kind of put all that to the side and now he's focused on, on, uh, on taking us uh, over again. So that's my early prediction. I like it, dude. That's, that's actually really fascinating too, because that makes complete sense because even, even now it still took Vecna some time to figure out like, you know, how to pursue like Chrissy, like that all happened in 1986, Chrissy, Fred, Patrick, Max. So there was still that three-year gap where he was just figuring stuff out for himself and how to get back or how to do this mm -hmm. and ramping up his power. So it definitely makes sense that he just dropped everything else he was doing and put all of his attention and his efforts into getting back into our world to take it over, to get back at 11. So it's really interesting. Going back to this season, um, I thought it was so cool that Vecna created the physical form of the mind flare, that spider monster to steal 11's powers. Yep. <laughs> like all along on our podcast, I've been like the upside down is, is, is flaying L or is going to take over L when in reality he was stealing 11's powers to be able to open gates. I thought that was so cool and so well done and, and even better than what my theory was. So just wanted to put that out there. Thank you, Duffer brothers. It all makes sense. It's all connected <laughs> as Damien would say. It, it, it's, it is pretty fascinating too, because even like our heroes were like, Oh, Beckman is just the five-star general. And in, in reality, it's the complete opposite. Like Vecna is the guy, he is the big bad and uh, just pretty incredible. Uh, it, and it's also incredible to see like his transformation during that scene, like how like mutilated he is to how mutilated he becomes. And that's that I definitely want to see more of that in next season too. Just like the progression of time of how his body like deteriorated and, and like other questions too, like, does he not need food anymore? Or like, like he just doesn't eat. Um, Does he use just... the toilet? We're not sure. <laughs> there are no Johns in the upside down. <laughs> totally. I would love to get more of his backstory. And I would love to see more about pre-1979. Like what was he doing between 1959 and 1979 in the lab? I would love to see more of that. I don't know yeah. if they'll touch on it, but it would be really cool. And, and a good way to feature maybe Dr. Brenner again in flashbacks. Yep. 100%. I just have a couple more uh, predictions. Um, I, I think we have to see eight in season five. Definitely, yeah. Um, 
And, and we've mentioned her coming back in the past on the podcast, but just the fact that she uses spiders, such a connection with one, obviously one and, and Vecna, um, both. I mean, Vecna's obsessed with spiders and just so happens that eight, when she uses her hallucinations, it's uh, was spiders at one point in season two. Um, and I was wondering if Vecna stole L's powers to open gates, did he steal eight's powers to create those hallucinations to, to create those waking nightmares? I mean, as far as we know, before 1979, he, he had telekinesis, like he could lift people up in the air and kill them. He could throw people through walls, but they didn't show him opening gates, which we now know he took from 11. Mm-hmm. They never showed him creating hallucinations as far as I know. So I, I'm just wondering if he stole the, that power from eight back in the day or maybe possibly even helped her escape the lab. And in return, he took her powers. Maybe there's something more there. It could even be like he, he maybe he killed eight. We see like just a dead body. And that's how he got, like you said, that's because that makes total sense with the spiders and hallucinations with, you know, with Chrissy, with the spiders coming out of the grandfather clock. And like, obviously we know he's obsessed with the black widow spiders and just how they balance a very unstable ecosystem, but maybe he, killed Kali already and took her powers like that's totally possible and you know I think no matter what we're gonna see her in some capacity in season five because if they don't call back to that episode at all and they just like ignore it because people didn't like it fans didn't like it it was very 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 polarizing uh, it would be kind of a bummer I, I would like to see a little bit of payoff from that episode not like I said before on the podcast definitely not my favorite episode but um, I still would like to see some sort of payoff so that it was meaningful in some way. Definitely. Totally agree. They got to bring it full circle. And I think the only way to do that is to bring her back, whether she joins L and fights against Vecna or makes an appearance somehow um, would, would just love to see her again, maybe without all those other um, freaks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say also just one more uh, prediction. Um, yeah. and, and this may be something that everyone is thinking, but I used to always believe that they had to like destroy the upside down or blow up the upside down. Or we talked about Chernobyl. I'm like, wow, does that have something to do with, with ending everything, finishing up the entire show? But I really think now just killing Vecna will reset everything. It seemed like the upside down existed before Vecna. It was there. It was, it seemed maybe like it was even peaceful. Um, And then Vecna kind of came in with his crazy lunatic mind and kind of molded everything in a horrible way that, that he did. So I'm just wondering if killing Vecna will almost reset everything. Like once you kill Vecna, maybe the upside down goes back to the way it was before the gates close. And, and that's the end of the show. Hopefully everybody gets a happy ending. So that'll be my early prediction. Just killing Vecna kind of resets everything. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And I mean, you know, um, one of our, one of our friends on Instagram, ham radio media, uh, and I were going back and forth about, you know, just some, uh, just some things that we were kind of curious about. And, you know, we still don't know, like they could draw out the upside down, you know, completely spreading. They, or it could be like real quick. It, it seemed like it happened pretty fast. Uh, I would like to see maybe a slower spread of it and just a lot more uncertainty from the people of Hawkins. And um, yeah, I mean, and then that could maybe make the time jump a little bit better too. Like, or we just get that and then we time jump. Um, but you know, really cool stuff. And a lot of thought provoking things came from the finale of volume two, because there's so much to think about. There's so much to theorize about. Obviously everyone has their theories and things that they want to come true. And that's kind of like the best part of 
being a Stranger Things fan or a fan of anything, you know, Marvel, whatever the case may be, just, you know, throwing out these predictions. And if we get them right, like we have on the podcast before, it's, it's such a cool feeling to be like, OK, cool. So we're on the same wavelength as the writers, the showrunners, the duffers. So, yeah, good predictions, man. I really like your predictions a lot. Mine were a little bit more vague. Um but the Eddie one, I'm just on a big Eddie kick. I'm just it's still not over it. So that's that's mine that I'm going with. But um, cool. Let's do some real quick uh, rapid fire questions. All right. So in season five of Stranger Things, will L die? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I think Brenner said in the beginning, like you've opened this wound and it's festering and, you know, one day it will kill you. I think Eleven will die to to finish everything off to 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 uh, close the gate and, and kill Vecna. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Because it, it just seems like it's going to have to be that sacrifice, almost kind of like uh, like Terminator, where Terminator had to like sacrifice himself to kill the T1000, and and like you know he fought him to the death, basically to the point where he would just he had to terminate himself in order to stop things. So I definitely think that she's not going to make it out alive, but it's going to be, that's going to be an emotional one because you're going to have all these characters that have come to know her and love her. And she makes the ultimate sacrifice to literally save the world. So I'm right there with you. I do think that she's going to die in season five. Um, as long as they lower her down into the upside down, you know, from a chain and she gives a thumbs up as they're lowering <laughs> her down, then I'm cool. Maybe the time jumps to 1990, uh, what, 1991, 92 when Terminator 2 came out. And they could play that. They had. <laughs> so I, I did talk a little bit earlier about Vecna possibly taking over Max's body and like using Max's body as a vessel. But if that does not happen, do we think that Max just stays in a coma throughout season five? And that's just kind of it. And, and maybe Lucas's, just like, you know, the real patient boyfriend slash, you know, partner um, that's going to be there day in, day out with her. Like real, like kind of, that's a really like grim and sad thing to think of. But do you think Max is going to wake up in season five? That's a really great question. I think she will wake up. I think she'll still be blind and will still have, you know, a lot of medical issues. Um, but mm -hmm. maybe her mind will come back around. Um, I'm wondering if maybe she'll even be like a spy of some sort, kind of like, uh, either spying for Vecna or, you know, our, our Hawkins gang using her to spy on yeah. Vecna, you know, the reverse. So um, yeah, I think she will wake up, but, but I think she'll still have severe medical trauma. It would be kind of cool if like for one of the spinoff series, it's an adult Max and an adult Lucas, and then she wakes up. That would be like, cool. Like I've been fan casting if they did like an it thing and they had them as adults, like Bryce Dallas Howard or uh, like Jessica Chastain both could be, and they're, they're both redheads. So it's like, perfect. They could both be an adult max and absolutely crush it. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's probably not going to happen, but you know, it would be cool to kind of see some kind of like really long-term storytelling with something like that. Uh, all right. A little bit more lighthearted one here. Are we going to finally see Keith in season five of stranger things? <laughs> he has to come back, man. That was my it was my one uh, slight of the season that I didn't enjoy is that we didn't see Keith, we didn't see Flo, and we didn't see Mr. Clark. So yes, I would love to see all three, definitely Keith, and he's going to go on a date with Nancy. Nancy will not choose Steve. She will not choose Jonathan. She will choose Keith. 
<laughs> Man, that would be a twist. And then we just get a buddy cop movie with uh, Jonathan and, and Steve and Dustin doing something. That would be awesome. <laughs> it, I am surprised and I get it because like the cast, they added so many characters this season, but even just like a quick cameo, like they were in the video store, like he gave them the job, like, come on, just, just show us Keith, give us Keith. Um, Seriously. I'm trying to think what else I had here. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Clark's actually a distinct possibility because how great of a callback would it be if like he sees the upside down now, just like everyone else in Hawkins. And he's like, oh, that's why you were asking me these questions. And maybe <laughs> yes. he, he pairs up with them as, a, you know, a scientific mind to try and figure out something to do with it. Man, I hope so. I heard that quote from the Duffers where they basically were like, yeah, we're going to come full circle in season five, go back to season one um, with our original Hawkins gang staying in Hawkins. And Mr. Clark was such a big part of helping them understand that. So I hope he comes back. I think we got a, a good chance of him coming back for sure. Cause it, I think we're going to see a lot of people that we have not seen much of just because like and Mr. Clark would make the most sense. Cause he's got the biggest brain out of, you know, flow and Keith for sure. Um, so it would be really cool to see him come back. For, <laughs> I would really like brain. that. Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> Scott, Scott, who Scott Clark. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote this down. Um, I definitely don't think I do you think we get the date at Enzo's <laughs> or are people just too worried now about the impending doom of the up like how do people like it, it can't be normal life anymore right it has to be just straight up chaos I know man I was thinking the same thing like the date has to happen whether it's at Enzo's I'm not sure about I mean it maybe fell into a crack into the upside down yeah. during that horrible uh, earthquake <laughs> along with Jason's uh, severed body uh, but <laughs> I think they will have the dinner. Uh, maybe it'll be in the cabin. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, do we get a cliffhanger ending in season five? Oh, or- no way. No okay. way. It has to wrap up. <laughs> Come on. Wait, I think, I think maybe Joyce and Hopper sit down at dinner. You know, they're going to pass over those breadsticks with the spicy seasoning <laughs> that Enzo puts on them. And bam, cuts to black. End of the show. We never know what happens. Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, there's no, I mean they could do something i think it's i don't think it's going to be like a completely happy ending i think there's going to be something but i just can't put my finger on what it is yet but those are my questions Uh, i will turn it over to you so whenever you're ready yes sir um we did actually talk about a few of these earlier so i'll skip those but i did want to ask you a couple big ones do you think we will see a new monster in season five because nancy did describe seeing a huge monster running through the town with a big gaping mouth. Um, we know we've seen the spider monster slash mind flare before, which she has seen as well. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's that. It seemed like she was describing something new. So what do you think? Yeah, it could be, it could be possible. Maybe, uh, you know, almost another physical form of something else that exists in the upside down or just a completely new monster that Vecna had up his sleeve this whole time that we, you know, weren't able or he wasn't able to get into our world. Uh, that would be wild. But I mean, you know, Nancy teasing it to me, we're definitely getting something. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think uh, maybe it's the uh, Thessal Hydra that we haven't seen yet that they were hyping up early in uh, in Stranger Things. Um, I also wanted to ask you, do you think Colonel Sullivan is still hunting down Eleven after more destruction has occurred since Eleven has been freed? I mean, 
the kids are going to need military help, right? They need like an artillery. And I, I, I feel like he's going to have a change of heart. So I think he will be hunting her down, but I do think once he gets to Hawkins sees what's going on, he's going to have a change of heart and, you know, they're going to call in the heavy guns, the, the big guns to help them out. And, you know, uh, that's probably where a lot of the body counts going to come from. <laughs> so uh, I definitely think he's there. And also, Owens like is he okay <laughs> they just left him like saw style handcuffed inside the base I'm like what is going on here saw style he's gonna have to hack off his arm to get away from there <laughs> but yeah I definitely think so I think he's still the witch hunt for for L is still gonna happen especially after she killed two of his guys so for sure you know when she took down that chopper I think there was two in there there was a gunner and a pilot it might be oh, another yeah. one um but yeah definitely yeah, good call, man. I, I think that's a great, great point. Um, maybe hunting down L, but once he sees what's going on, you know, maybe team up with her. Um, another question I had is because of Yuri and Dimitri still being out there, do you think, I know you mentioned earlier, the Russians are still involved, but do you think maybe Yuri and Dimitri will be on you know, America's side now? Will they join the Americans in this battle after what they've seen in, in the prison? I, yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, obviously the Russian military knows about these creatures because they've captured them and, and stuff like that. But I do think that Yuri and Dimitri will be on the good side of things. And also that was kind of a little bit of a gripe for me too. We didn't see them after the helicopter, like Dimitri can't just live in Russia anymore. He's a traitor. Look, people are going to find out eventually. So I'd like to think that he's in the States uh, maybe Yuri is Yuri's a little bit of a wild card. Like he could go kind of go back and forth because nobody knows what he did. So I definitely think that we're going to see them on American soil for sure. And I think they're going to be allies of the Americans. I love that. Yeah. Yuri had an awesome redemption. I was so happy because I was pulling for him and I kind of thought he would die and it would be you know satisfying, but I think it was even more satisfying to see him end up helping Hopper and Joyce escape along with Dimitri, that little salute he gave, like, he just looks so happy when yeah. he finally decided to help them out. Um, and final question, you've answered a few earlier. We've seen so many people return in Stranger Things. You know, Max is hopefully still living. Billy has been seen in flashbacks. We're hoping Eddie maybe becomes uh, this vampire creature. But <laughs> for God's sakes, will Mrs. Driscoll make an appearance somehow, <laughs> some way? Is it possible, Damien? Please tell me. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, I, uh, I want to keep hope. I want to keep hope. So I'm going to, I'm going to say yes and try and will it into existence, put it out in the universe. Hopefully the Duffers pick up on it and, and we go from there. And, and like you were saying, if you went to see, you know, 1959 to 79 kind of stuff, you know, I mean, we could still see a little bit before that and have uh, a younger Mrs. Driscoll show up possibly. That would be kind of cool. I would definitely love that. And just I, because we talk about it so much, it's like one of those things now that we've talked about it and joked about it so much that if it doesn't happen, I'll be upset. <laughs> but I have no right to fully expect it to happen to begin with. So, yeah, man, I'm going to I'm always going to go. Yes, for that question, for sure. Oh, thank God. Thank I actually so much. I have one more for you, too. OK, uh, I just turned my page over. I forgot I wrote this one down. So we know that Henry didn't like his father because like, you know, he had that bombing and there was children in the building and, and everything else like the And obviously the burning cradle was used to torture him. Um, do you think we'll find out what Henry's mom did to make him not like her so much and target her? 
Oh, that is an awesome question. And I really hope so. Yes, I think we will. I think season five will really dive deep into what happened to Henry between the 50s and the 70s when he was in the lab with 11. I mean, there's like 20 years of missing time, 20 years of flashbacks they could show. And I think that's when maybe we'll find out that he's 11's father. But I'd love to know what was going on with his mother. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's got to be so much more like he, he just wanted to kill his mother so bad. And she kind of seemed like she knew what was going on, which none of us knew what was going on. So I don't know how she knew. She also somehow had a connection to Dr. Brenner in 1959. Like, how do you just go in the phone book and look up like, hi, trying to find like a CIA doctor that understands kids with telekinesis like how does she know about this guy like it doesn't make any sense there has to be more and i think we will find out about it in season five come on i hope we do please <laughs> yeah it, it could be entirely possible that she like just treated him like a guinea pig with brenner and maybe brenner put him through some i mean obviously like you know brenner to a degree cares but he's also put these kids through some serious stuff and maybe that's the thing that she did to make henry resent her and then eventually kill her so that would be pretty interesting and I, you know i hope that they explore that a little bit more and we get a couple more answers with that because that was something that stuck out to me i was like well she was really nice here she didn't do anything bad and like all of a sudden you're just like nope see you mom boom and that's it so so i definitely want to see that and then that, that was all i had question wise but first of all we just want to thank everybody for all the support for listening to us um following us on our socials on Instagram and TikTok at into the upside down pod and on Twitter at into underscore upside down. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're definitely doing more episodes. We have a special guest lined up, but we will not say who yet because we don't want to jinx it. And that should be coming to you. We're going to be hopefully recording that episode next week. And then, you know, whenever we get around to posting it, we will, but it will be pretty cool. And then uh, from there, I mean, just talk stranger things news every couple weeks uh, i definitely want to do and i'm curious to see your top three favorite episodes and your bottom three least favorite episodes and then we could just keep theorizing and uh talk like a bunch of crazy people with tinfoil hats until season five comes out <laughs> man that sounds awesome can we actually do that <laughs> yes we can we can wear tinfoil hats because we do put videos out for the podcast so that would be pretty funny um <laughs> we could just do an episode where we do the most ridiculous out there theories that we could come up with and wear the tinfoil hats. Let's remember this, everyone. We will do this in the two year delay we have. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, we'll just go from there. You know, it's definitely exciting. Um, I'm, I, as soon as I finished volume two, I was bummed. So I was like, great. Now I got to wait two years <laughs> for more stranger things to come out. I almost didn't even want to start it. Like I was ready to press play. And then I went and watched the last 20 minutes of episode seven. And then I was ready to press play. And I watched the recap of volume one. I like didn't want to start it because I knew it was going to end. Yep. And I think we got We got a good solid like month here of, of hype and behind the scenes stuff that will come out and interviews with the cast and crew and hopefully tidbits about what we can expect to see in season five. And uh, obviously the Duffers just started their own production company too. I think it was like upside down productions is what they called it. Yeah. What and that's name. where they're going to be doing all kinds of stuff for Netflix. We know we're getting a spinoff. So it's going to be kind of cool. And, you know, we did also get the uh, Hopper tease halfway in between you know, season three and season four. So I'm hoping we get some stuff like that. But 
yeah, season four was great. It was fun. It was a lot of fun to talk on the podcast about it and share it with everybody out there. We're going to keep it going. Uh, we definitely want to hear your thoughts, continued thoughts as you go through re rewatches of season four, volume two and volume one. And we'll go from there. But yeah, Scott, it's been a pleasure, dude. I've had a great time, man. I'm so glad we got to do this and uh, we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it up. And, and thank you to everyone who listens, gives us reviews, follows us on social media. We really appreciate it. You're really keeping us motivated. And we want to roll right through the next two years until the final season. So thank you for all your support. That's right. Yes. And uh, just like Scott said, too, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, definitely give us a five star review. That's going to help get more ears to the podcast so we can keep growing this community and have some fun with it leading up to and of course after with the spinoffs season five of stranger things so for scott i am damien and remember guys friends don't lie see you nerds <laughs>